welcome back to New Rockstars. This is the big question, the show that gives you too much information on what it takes to conquer most of the world before your mid-30s with the help of a heart-devouring god, of course. You can't do it alone. You really can't. Mm -mm. <laughs> My name is MT, and I'm here today with off-screen producer, Brandon. What's going on, Brandon? Hello, MT, and I must say, I'm well behind the curve for conquering the world. Oh, boy. Seriously, uh, I'm turning 30 uh, in, next month in May, so, like, I, I need to get it. I need you to still get have time. stuff together. You still have time to conquer the world, MT. <laughs> Soon. It'll, it'll happen soon. But anyway, what's our big question for today, Brandon? Okay, MT. In the most recent episode of Moon Knight, and boy, what an episode it was, our guy, Stephen Grant, he got his bootleg Indiana Jones on and appeared to discover <laughs> the tomb of one of Amit's avatar. And what a mm. tomb it turned out to be. Mm-hmm. Bougie tomb. Oh, that was a bougie tomb. I mean, <laughs> if I got to go, I want to go like that. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> right. But this, this mummy that Stephen defiles uh, turns out to be none other than Alexander the Great. You've heard of him. I've heard of him. Pretty great. I get that reference. I understood that reference. But did this powerful <laughs> king of Macedonia have a god to thank for all of his renowned exploits? Hmm? Mm. It all leads us to this week's big question. Was Alexander great because of Amit? Ooh, that is a really great question, Brandon. It's <laughs> <laughs> ah, gonna be a long episode. <laughs> but let us take a look at the, some of the major accomplishments of Alexander III of Macedonia to see what makes him the great. And then we can see if the power of Amit could have helped him accomplish these feats to give him that godlike status that many of his followers believe that he had. So, of course, Alexander the Great was born on the 20th or 21st of July in 356 BCE, the same year as uh, Larry King. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Larry <laughs> King jokes. Well, I gotta so kick him while he's down. Come on. <laughs> Seriously, he's already gone. I'm sorry, Larry King. Empty had a pile of Larry King jokes. He's like, I can't wait for this moment. <laughs> be dead. I'm gonna roast his ass. I thought he was gonna live forever, Brandon. I had too many jokes. <laughs> that dude was the same age forever. So yeah, he was born on the 20th or 21st of July in 356 BCE in the city of Pella in Macedonia. That's Pella, right? MT, there's gonna be a lot of words that none of us know how to pronounce in this. Here we go. Alexander was the son of Philip II, king of Macedonia, and his fourth wife, Olympias. Listen, it's always good to have you know, multiple wives because women are smarter than men. So like, you know, men can't do it <laughs> you really, alone. You really pulled out of that nosedive, MT. <laughs> Jesus. MT's like, here's why you gotta have I multiple didn't. wives. Cut me out of this episode. <laughs> and he's like, cause they're so smart. But yeah, but one of the earliest legends of Alexander occurs when he's just 10 years old and a traitor brought a horse to King Philip that he wanted to sell for a fair amount of gold. However, nobody seemed to be able to actually mount this wild horse. So the king was ready to send the horse away when Alexander noticed the horse was afraid of his own shadow and he convinced his dad to let him try riding it and then face the horse towards the sun so it couldn't see its shadow. Then Alexander successfully mounted the horse and his father was quite impressed and stated, My boy, you must find a kingdom big enough for your ambitions. Macedon is too small for you. You rid this horse like a boss. Then Alexander kept this horse and named it Bucephalus and rode it throughout his conquests all the way to India where it died at the age of 30 and then named one of his cities he founded in India after his horse. Kind of That's... weird and messed up. <laughs> it's weird, but, but like... <laughs> 
it's a big flex, I think. And like, he really loves mm. this horse. And like, mm. I, I do like this story about like a 10 year old Alexander, like figuring out the, the way to ride this horse. It's also ballsy of this guy to like bring a horse mm. to the king that no one can ride and be like, I right. want to sell you this horse. <laughs> it doesn't do the one thing you need it to do, but I'm going to sell it to you, your highness. Right. And I'm asking for a lot of money for it. <laughs> Like, I feel like if I was the king, I'd be like, yeah, kill this man. He's trying to get me killed. Um, obviously, yeah, yeah. he does not want me to uh, survive battle. It's also, um, uh, Ale Alexander, like, loves naming cities after himself. All over his conquest, he would name, like, Alexander of this, Alexander of that. Uh, but I do love that, like, his horse dies, and he's like, I'm going to name this city after my horse. And all the people living there are like, hey, we already had a name for this city. <laughs> we like, had a whole name up. and culture. Don't make me kill all you assholes. My horse died. I love my horse. That horse saw a lot of shit. That horse saw some, yeah. some intense fighting. Let's jump back to when Alexander was 13 and gets a new tutor by the name of Aristotle. Ever heard of that man, Aristotle? Yes. Oh, yeah. That Aristotle, the Greek philosopher and polymath who studied under Plato, and he became Alexander's teacher along with a lot of his future generals and taught them about medicine, philosophy, morals, religion, logic, Dungeons and Dragons, and art. And he also gave Alexander a copy of the Iliad, which he would carry with him throughout his life, reportedly keeping it under his pillow. I love this part of that story, right? Like he hears the tale of the Iliad from Aristotle, and at this point they're writing it down. It's like his comic book, right? He takes this, he's like, yeah, I love I love this story of like these conquering heroes. I'm gonna keep it with me and like take it all over. And I guess uh, Aristotle had like annotated it, like wrote notes in it for him. So like Ooh. this was like his thing. He's like, yeah, I'm I'm the Iliad man. I'm I'm Troy. I'm taking <laughs> it all. I'm you know, I'm I'm the badass. I do like that too, because like when I was a kid, like I used to love reading the Iliad and the Odyssey like at school, because mm -hmm. like it felt like I was reading a superhero book. Like, in, like, been hacking the system. Like, oh my god, I'm, I'm learning, but also reading a cool superhero story. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it gets, like, presented as, like, history. And so you're, like, uh, especially to Alexander, it's presented as, like, hey, these are the facts of what happened. There's this guy, Achilles, and he's blessed by the gods, and he's, like, a badass. And Alexander's, like, hell yeah, that's me, dude. Let's go. When they get to the site of like Troy, he's like, he's mm. blown away. He's like, oh, I read about this place. This is awesome. <laughs> this is just like my book. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in 336 BCE, when Alexander was 20 years old, his father, King Philip, was assassinated at his daughter's wedding. So rude by the captain right. of his bodyguards. Even ruder, some would say. <laughs> right. And then Alexander immediately ascended to the throne and became the king of Macedonia. And he quickly consolidated his power by assassinating those who he thought might also have a claim to the throne, including other Macedonian princes and his own cousin. Which, uh, gee, like that must be really awkward at the, the family get together. It's like, oh my right, God, right. <laughs> what's going on? So young blood, oh, I remember when you killed my son, your, 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 your cousin. It's uh, not a very nice thing for you to do, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're still great <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> Well, he's the king now. You you have to agree with it. You have to be like, you have yeah, to, that was really I'm smart. Here. Thank you for killing my son. Uh, super great. Like, uh, who I'm needed to grab too some, many kids anyway. uh, some shish kebabs and I'll be right back. And thus, he would begin his career of conquest that would make him known as the Great. And he didn't waste any time invading the largest empire at the time, the Achaemenian Empire, otherwise known as the Persian Empire. And he quickly assumed territory in the Balkans, Syria, Gaza, and Asia Minor. But what matters most in our discussion here today is his arrival in Egypt, because that would make mm. the most sense of when he would come into contact with Amit and become 
her Avatar, The Last Airbender. Just kidding, just regular Avatar. <laughs> and Alexander first came to Egypt in 332 BCE, and Egypt was still under Persian control at the time, as the ancient Egyptian empire had declined way back in the 7th century BCE. And the Egyptians didn't really like their Persian rulers, so they saw Alexander as a liberator. And to legitimize his rule, Alexander made sacrifices at a temple in Memphis and consulted with the oracle of Amun-Ra at the... Let's say Siwa, like Jojo Siwa. Is it Siwa Oasis? I think, it, I think it's Siwa. The Oracle of Amun-Ra at Siwa Oasis. And he was declared to be the new master of the universe and the son of the god Amun. And Alexander himself would continue to say for the rest of his life that his true father was Zeus Amun, which is kind of crazy. Like, wow, yeah. what a life. What a, what a basically title. basically combines like the Greek god and the Egyptian goddess and like mm. one god, right? He, he was kind of smart. He was like, we have different religions, but it's all kind of the same. It's a bunch of gods, sun, moon, stars, all that, blah, 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 blah. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the son of it. He basically said, like, my real dad, my earth dad, he's not my real dad. Uh, my real dad is the big man upstairs. <laughs> the big man upstairs merged with the other big man upstairs to make a bigger yeah, yeah. man upstairs. Zeus yeah, yeah. Mom. <laughs> the biggest man upstairs. If the Greeks come calling, he pops on like the white beard and the lightning bolt. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm Zeus. And then if the Egyptians pray, he's like, hold on, hold on. Let me get a little headdress here. Let me get a little mm -hmm. eagle head. Okay, now I'm your god. Let's go. Yo, honestly, like that's sort of what Alexander the Great did. He was sort of just like, a, he literally adopted that Egyptian culture. He's like, listen, yeah. I'm, he loved I'm it. Pharaoh he, like, now. He loved it. Yeah, yeah. He loved that shit, man. He was a like a weeb for... Egypt. It's a great comparison. <laughs> he got there and he was like, I love this shit. This is great. A weebgypt. Weegypt weeb. Weegypt. Anyway, and he was only in Egypt for a short amount of time as he would go on to leave in 331 BCE and never return. So not that much of a weeb. But his rule over Egypt was widely embraced by the people. And while he did install a Greek style of government, he still respected Egyptian culture, building new temples and monuments to the Egyptian gods, even though he did name that city after his horse. No, that was in India. That was in India. Oh, that was in India. That, that yeah. was in India. So that's not in Egypt. So never mind. <laughs> he respected the Egyptians a lot more than the Indians. He respected them. Oh, he did. But he also founded a new Greek capital on the Nile called Alexandria. Where did he come up with that title? Who knows? Uh, he, he came up to him in a dream, um, which would go on <laughs> to have a well-known library that would be burned to the ground. And uh, a lot of people are upset about that. Well, I mean, that that happens in like the 1300s, right? And they, they mm. credit the event with the burning of the libraries at Alexandria to like setting human knowledge back hundreds of years because like all the collected mm. knowledge from around the world have been gathered in Alexandria. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, uh, Alexander was not in Egypt for a long time. He had to go off and conquer the world. He couldn't stay, but he like loved mm. the place and like the Egyptians really liked him. And one thing that, there was like a story of when, you know, his mom Olympias was like pregnant. She, there's a couple of versions of it, but like she had a dream essentially where her like womb was like struck by lightning and it spread like fire or something like that. And so this was meant to be that like, there was this theory that Alexander was, you know, put into his mother's womb by Zeus, you know what I mean? Very Christ-like, right? He's implanted there by God. So this idea that he calls himself Zeus Amen or the son of Zeus Amen means like, yeah, I've always been, you know, a progeny of a god. And so he comes to Egypt, you know, he makes these sacrifices at a temple in Memphis or in Siwa Oasis. And like, mm. he loves it. He loves everything about it. And he's like, I'm going to get you people out of Persian control because you don't like them. 
You're paying a lot mm. of taxes to them. I mean, I'm still going to charge you taxes, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, and he, yeah, like you, like you said, he puts all these people in the government that are Greek, but like they get along and they 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 blend with the culture that's already there. So the Egyptians really liked mm. this guy. They put him on his coinage. Okay. You know, he was like their pharaoh essentially, but he, even when he wasn't there. And yeah, so if he meets Amit, right, in in the Marvel sense of this all, this would make sense if he goes to this temple and he's making these sacrifices. Maybe Amit right. comes to him and is like, hey. You and me, we're going to conquer the world, buddy. I'm going to use you as my avatar. Hey, stick with me, bud. You seem pretty cool. <laughs> Want this power to murder? Let's talk about one of Alexander's legendary feats, MT. Was it the right one or the left one? Uh, this, his right foot, I think, was more legendary than his left foot. Mm, if I believe, you if heard I that here first, uh, <laughs> Tarantino fans. <laughs> Tarantino loves Alexander's feet. I don't know if we see his feet in the Alexander movie. I don't I don't recall. Oh, we see man, a lot of bummer. stuff in the Alexander movie. Check the wiki feet. Why did you make me do this? One of Alexander's legendary feats was the undoing of the Gordian knot, okay? Ooh. So when he was conquering parts of what is now Turkey, he arrived in the Phrygian capital of Gordium, okay? Mm. And there was this legend there when the city was first founded that the first person to arrive in town on an ox cart would become its king, okay? And a peasant named Gordius did just that. He becomes the king, they name the city Gordium, uh, and he ties his ox cart to a pole and he dedicates his ox cart to Zeus, right? Because he was part of the prophecy. The knot that ties this cart to this pole was made of cornel bark, uh, which would harden over time. And so they had this whole mm. legend that it was said who, who could ever undo this intricate knot would conquer all of Asia, right? It's this, wow. it's this prophecy on top of a prophecy. So mm. Alexander, he's fighting his way across the area and he, he rolls into this town and he comes across this puzzle uh, and he simply, he just like pulls out his sword and he cuts the knot apart and he claims, I did it, I fixed, I undid the knot, right? The prophecy is true. And his claim was that like, it didn't, it didn't matter how the knot was undone, just that it got loosened. Hmm. And this this is part of the legend today, right? Uh, the term a Gordian knot or like solving right. a Gordian knot. The idea of approaching a, a problem with like a out of the box solution, right? He didn't bother hmm. trying to undo the knot because there were no loose ends or anything like that. He's just like, I'll take right. a sword and I'll cut it. Boom, knot's undone. So the question is, did Amit help with this feat? This is one of his legendary feats. The only hmm. problem is this happens before he gets to Egypt. Uh, it's on his way to Egypt, his roundabout way to Egypt, that this event happened. So while this right. is one of his great events, right, I don't think Ahmet mm. helps with this one. But maybe this proves yeah. why he's he's meant to be the avatar for Ahmet. What's really interesting here is that this sort of, like, obviously parallels the, the whole Steve Rogers moment in Captain America 1 when, um you know, he right. has to go get the, the flag at the top of the um, pole. Mm -hmm. And he's like, all right, whoever can grab that flag can ride in the truck. And then Steve Rogers like, I'm just gonna freaking take this flag down, literally, and grab the well, flag. You see all the, well, you see all those boys, those muscle boys try so hard to climb the pole yeah. and they're slipping and they're sliding. You're right, MT, that's a great example of like a Gordian knot situation. You have a problem mm -hmm. and you have a non-typical solution to solve that problem. You think outside the box. Exactly, and so like, and later on we see that, that Steve Rogers himself is worthy of, you know, being Captain America, and of course, where the wheeling Thor's hair on down the line. So like, mm. hey, maybe like this like Gordian knot experience, like you said, is what uh, what made I might be like, hmm, this is interesting. Oh, a smart thinking man. I'm about to free my people. <laughs> <laughs> and if you believe that like the Gordian knot is a test from Zeus mm. himself or a god, and he's able yeah. to defeat this test, maybe Ahmet notices that and is like, okay, this guy's a great candidate. Maybe she mm. starts influencing him to come to Egypt, like whispering to him, like, Let me whisper in your ear. come help 
free Egypt, right? Because remember, mm. we know that the, the Ennead is pissed because, you know, they're not being worshipped anymore. And that's why they left. That's what they said on the show, right? They leave mm. uh, Egypt because they're not respected anymore. They're not, they're not right. happy. You know, they're not being worshipped by the people. They're not getting hyped up by their boys anymore. Yeah, yeah. The Persians are taking <laughs> over and the Ennead's like, screw you guys. We're out of here. You're on your own. Hey, look at me. Bitch. But Ahmet's like, no, I want to get my kingdom back. I want to get Egypt back for the people. Mm. She sees what this Alexander boy is up to, and she's like, I'm going to influence him to come to Egypt so I can mm. get into his body and give him power. <laughs> Let me see that body. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see those feet. Let me see those feet, Alexander. Let me see that right foot. Mm, that's a great mm, foot. <laughs> that's a good foot. Ahmed had a uh, foot fetish, confirmed. Well, she's got all those different feet. She's got like lion feet, she's got hippo feet. She loves feet. She, she, she's a whole puzzle of a, of a woman, that Ahmed. Um, <laughs> oof, um, very thick. Um, not as thick as the real hippo woman that we saw at the end, which is the ultimate thickness. Oh my God, oh, I thought Miss Menace was thick, hey oh my God. <laughs> if I joke about this, that's how the Miss Menace thing started. I mean, you really live the gimmick, MT. You really live the gimmick. I really do. Um, but hey, let's talk about the defeat of the Persian Empire next, because not long after you left Egypt, Alexander was able to defeat the Persian Empire and solidify his rule of his vastly growing empire. And the definitive moment in this campaign came when he faced the Persian Emperor Darius III and his 200,000 men. Holy moly. It's a big army. Alexander had only 47,000 men at his disposal, which is like 157 plus thousand more men which is kind of crazy um but still attacked the vastly larger enemy which consisted of cavalry wearing chainmail and chariots with blades sticking out of the wheels which is very hardcore and i should probably install yeah, that this on is my very much like Prius. <laughs> this is very much like you know what we know on like 300 right this isn't xerxes mm. obviously this is darius the mm. third but the persian right. army at the time was still huge and still very powerful and had all these crazy weapons uh, mm. And yeah, they really outnumbered Alexander here, but he, he went in on them. He, w he wasn't afraid. And they defeated the larger army and Darius was killed by one of his own men while escaping on horseback because, you know, she, that's a really, uh, that's a coward's move. And uh, that dude was not having it. And after this, Alexander was named King of Asia and he took Babylon and Persepolis under his control and actually started dressing like a Persian and married a Persian dancer to try and appeal to this newly conquered people. But some of his own men didn't like this behavior and found it unbecoming of a conqueror, which, you know, doesn't really make sense considering that, like, if you're going to be a conqueror, wouldn't you want your people to like you? Because like, like you, like, yeah. like I said earlier with, with Egypt, like people loved him in Egypt. Well, and that's the thing. He's trying to appeal to the Persians, right? Uh, and his own men who were Greek and Macedonian by, you know, original descent, they were kind of like, why are you doing this? Like, you're a conqueror. You don't need to appeal to these people. But yeah, right. he married this dancer named Roxanne. Uh, and maybe he just really liked her. Maybe he liked how like the Persian aristocracy dressed and he was like into it. He also was very much like he would come into towns. Yes, he did. They did a lot of killing, a lot of murdering, a lot of bad stuff. I mean, a like killing, is, like killing, we're like talking, murdering. Yeah. I mean, we're talking like, you know, third century BCE. Like this is heavy mm. stuff. But he is like on the nicer side of the killing and conquering. I don't know yes. how to say that, but like he very much wasn't like. He would come to town and he'd be like, look, you're part of us now. You're part of Macedonia. Mm. You're part of my empire. But, you know, you're going to do our system of government. You're going to pay taxes to us. But, like, you keep doing your thing. You keep your city running. I like what you got going on here. I'm just mm. here to, like, you know, build an empire. That's what I'm trying to do. I think 
that pretty much sums it up. But this is like an instance, M MT, that makes a lot of sense if, of, of him being Amit's avatar, right? The, the ability mm. to destroy this huge army, eating all of these hearts, taking all of these souls. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's got to have the power of a god behind him, right? This is mm. crazy stuff. Because we don't really get, have an idea of what Amit did to cause right. her to be in prison in the first place. So, well, and if yeah. we believe what Arthur Harrow is saying, right, that Ahmet is here mm. to stop the bad guys, the Hitlers, the Pol Pots, if like Darius mm. III, the, you know, the leader of, of Persia at the time, is like a mm. terrible person, then Ahmet's like, yeah, we got to get this guy out of here. Like maybe Alexander is doing bad things too, but he's the lesser evil. Like as long mm. as he takes control, these people will be safe. One mm. thing I thought was interesting is bringing up Babylon, right? Because we know mm. that the Eternals were in Babylon in yes. part of like history. I feel like this would make sense as to why the gods imprison Ahmet to begin with. Because like maybe it was Alexander in his whole like murder campaign of like, you know, conquering all these people that the gods were all like, mm -hmm. hey, um, maybe one man, like Kanye West said, wasn't meant to have all this power. <laughs> no one man should have all <laughs> yeah. this power. They don't interfere because there's no deviance involved, right? They were only in fighting mm -hmm. in Babylon to protect the city from the deviance. Uh, right. But but in this instance, it's like, eh, as long as Alexander's not riding on a bunch of deviants backs or something like that, <laughs> he's going to do what he's going to do and we're going to stay out of the way. They also primed these people for being like, hey, there's going to be people coming from other lands. You got to let them in. You got to like right. be a part of their culture, like take it into yours. So I love to think of the Eternals like sitting back and being like, this guy is really... He's doing a good job. Do you think he's got a god behind him? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Are the Eternals aware of like the gods and stuff? I mean, they're aware of Thor. They knew Thor. So like, surely they're aware of these Egyptian gods. I feel like the the Eternals have to be aware of the gods to some, to some degree because the, the gods have to have factored into the Celestial's plans. I feel like Odin is the janitor of the universe that was appointed by the yeah, Celestials. Yeah, you said that before, I like that. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, I think that, it, cause like you, you the, the, the gods have to see all the Celestials stuff happening in the world, in the universe, and like they have to sort of be okaying this in, in some sort of way. So like, I definitely feel like the Eternals have some type of knowledge of the gods. And we know that um, it's sort of hinted in Eternals that Athena had this history as being like Athena, like this goddess of war figure. Right. So like, I feel like Athena at least knew Alexander the Great. That's a great point, MT. Yeah. She's probably like, oh, he's rolling he's rolling into Persepolis. I'm gonna jump in mm -hmm. on this fight. Just for a little bit, just for a little bit, guys. I'll be back. Don't <laughs> worry. Okay, MT. So like you said, Alexander's now the king of Asia. So he wants to make sure mm -hmm. he sees all of Asia, right? Uh, right. So he started moving into India and like further in, into India because at the time it was believed that the end of Asia was just on the eastern border of India, which, spoiler alert, it's not. Uh, it goes much further than that. Uh, but they didn't know that at the time. Like they mm. they thought like he thought the end of India was like the end of Asia. And he's like, well, I'm the king of Asia, so I'm going to check it out. So he's pushing yeah. his men to go further and further. Um, and he's able he's actually able to defeat the king of India, Porus, uh, and his mm. army, which included like war elephants, which is the most badass thing you can think of. I, uh, did, did, so was cool, Porus stabbed? Able... Because then that means Porus was very porous <laughs> at the end of his life. <laughs> oh, <Got> boy. <laughs> Sorry, oh, Boris. Kicking both Porus and Larry King. <laughs> <laughs> no one's safe when MT's Woo, on big no team. One is safe. <laughs> Woo! So yeah, he beats he beats Porus and they defeat these elephants, but like they keep going and it it soon becomes very clear that Asia is much bigger than they thought it was. Uh, mm. and his men are like tired of marching and fighting and they're so far away from home in Macedonia mm. that they kind of like rebel and he's like, okay, okay, we'll go back. We'll go back. 
Um, so mm. they start they, they start heading back, but he wants to go the long way. Like mm. Alexander wants to go south down India, go to the coast, and then kind of like sail along the coastline to get back mm. to Persia where in Babylon and stuff like that. Uh, right. And this was a horrible idea um, because he winds up losing 15,000 of his own men just marching through what is then known as the Gedrosan Desert, uh, this mm. like desert area in India. So like he loses about a third of his army just going yeah. back. They're not even fighting anybody. They're just like, you know, starvation, heat exhaustion, dehydration. It's like killing them off. So they finally yeah. get back to Babylon. They have, a, they have like a big wild party. Um, mm. Alexander drinks a lot. Uh, and then he falls ill with a fever. Um, and a few days later, he winds up dying at the ripe old age mm. of 32 wow. in the year 323 BCE. So my man, man makes an empire from like Egypt to India, this huge empire before he's 32 or before he's 33. He's 32 at the time when he dies. Uh, wow. He died just a few days before his birthday. Uh, poor guy. That is so crazy. Right? Like all how he like, died of a fever. I like only yeah. like after all that murdering and killing in battlefield walking, like he just dies of yeah. a fever. That's nuts. <laughs> and he drinks a ton. So there's like different accounts of his death, right? MT like mm. uh, some people think it's, it could have been like malaria that killed him. Because uh, of the Far Cry right? One, no, from Far Cry right. Two, malaria. <laughs> Some people think it could have he could have been poisoned because like poisoning was like very popular in Macedonia. It was very popular everywhere. All the rage. But there's there's some debate about that because they don't know if there was like long lasting poisons at the time. Because assuming mm. he he was poisoned in his drink and then he falls ill and he's sick for a while and then dies, they don't know if like that type of poison existed at the time. Some people say it did. Mm. Some people say it doesn't. So they don't really know what killed him. They also think that like. He drank, apparently he just chugged this crazy unmixed wine at one point. And so like, they don't know if like that's what killed him. Who knows? Mm. But he winds up dying after, you know, his, this big conquest in India. If he was the avatar of Amit, right? Mm. And theoretically she's able to heal him. Is that why he dies? Now we could consider that like, maybe when she's locked away in her little stone figurine, does he lose the power? You know, kind of like what we see all happen mm. in Mark and Steven. When Kanchu gets locked away, they no longer can become Moon Knight. If if this lines up to when uh, Amit gets locked away, is that what kills Alexander? Like he's no longer mm. safe from the huge amount of wine he drinks. He doesn't have the Honestly, healing factor anymore. That would make a lot of sense, and I really like that theory a lot because, like, yeah, because like, as, if a person has all of this super powered, um, you know, healing ability for like mm. pretty much his entire life or for a very long time he's going to start being becoming careless. And we sort of see that in uh, right. the third episode of Moon Knight. But like, you know, we see a Mark sort of fighting with less, like with more abandon and just be like, all right, you know, I can take a, a stabbing and all that stuff because, yeah, like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to live forever because of Kanchi. <laughs> I'll heal up. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. But like if, if uh, someone like Alexander the Great who has his power taken away randomly, like maybe if like the gods like were to put um, Amit into a Ushapti without her avatar knowing, he would be like, all right, time to drink. I can drink. I right, can right. drink all of you. And then uh, the worst hangover of all time, death. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and it could line up, too, that, that like, you know, it's a plan by whomever to lock away Amit, but also have mm -hmm. someone poison Alexander around the same time, knowing that, like, without Amit's powers, he won't be able to heal up and he'll die uh, mm. without her powers. Conspiracy. I like a good conspiracy, <laughs> Brandon. Conspiracy is afoot. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> It's also maybe maybe he like maybe they pissed off like the gods of India, right? Because he's expanding Ooh. so far. Maybe the gods of India get pissed 
they come knocking on the overvoid. They're like, hi, Egyptian guys, you need to do something here. Like Ahmet has empowered this guy and he's taken over the world. And the Egyptian guys were like, fine, fine. We'll put her in a new Shakti. We'll get rid of her. It's okay. Don't. It's so annoying. Stop bothering us, Indian guys. We're just hanging out, okay? Like I, I really, I hope Thor Love and Thunder gives us like a look at all the pantheons oh, at least. I know, right? Um, it was so like, cool seeing so like, yeah, seeing uh, Zeus like holding the lightning bolt. Like, yes. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> He's like, hey, I had, look at all my fans in Olympia. <laughs> <laughs> We're not like that other place, Asgard, that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. Those losers. Um, but hey, <laughs> let's talk about Alexander's tomb because what happened to his body? Because we see Steven mm. discover it on Moon Knight, but was it really lost to the sands of time? Well, the truth is, yeah. The, the final resting place of Alexander the Great is one of history's greatest mysteries and apparently Alexander wanted to be buried at the temple of Zeus Amon at Siwa Oasis as he considered himself to be the son of the god and his body was placed in a golden casket and was on its way to the temple when it was intercepted by one of his generals it's just Ptolemy Ptolemy Soter and his body was taken to Memphis instead by Soter and in the late 4th or early 3rd century BC the body was then moved to Alexandria and over the years the tomb would be visited by Caesar, Augustus and even Cleopatra who apparently took some gold from the tomb to finance a war which is <laughs> not a great thing you're going to get cursed if you steal Crazy from empty. the dead all these people visit the tomb. All these famous like rulers visit the tomb and just like, I'll take that. Thank you so much. Oh, Honestly, it's a lot of just really expensive shit. Not, not really <laughs> doing people, anything. So, but these people already have tons of shit. Like they, these are the rulers true. of countries. Like, uh, and like Caligula, Caligula shows up at the tomb and apparently like steals mm. like the breastplate off of Alexander. A lot of this Damn. we don't know. It's like it's it's a, assumed to have happened or like. People claim it throughout history. We don't know how much of it is true, but yeah, I just love the idea of all these famous rulers like paying their respects to Alexander, but then also being like, I'm just gonna take a little something for myself. <laughs> I'm gonna take these Nikes real quick. Thank you, Alexander. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't need this. You don't need this. Like, imagine like someone like you're like you someone you know was just buried with a bunch of PS5s. It's like, all right, don't touch my PS5s when I'm dead. Like, no, I'm taking a PS5, bro. Are you kidding me? I can me? take one of them. You don't need all the PS5s. <laughs> Seriously, you don't need all of these PS5s. Jeez. And once we get into the ADs, history seems to lose track of his final resting place. And by 400 AD, a historian asked to see the tomb and remarked, his tomb, even his own people know not. Which is, you know, sort of like the MCU with you no know, one really knowing where Senfu or buried um, Amit because... You know, no one knew where Alexander the Great was. So that makes sense. Well, it's sense. like he's rolling into town like hundreds mm. of years after Alexander existed, right? He's like a smart guy. This was like a, he, he was like a religious guy. And most, most history at this point is being written by the church, unfortunately, because they're mm. changing a bunch of things. He rolls into town. He's like, oh, I know all about Alexander the Great. I would love to see his tomb. I know it's in Alexandria. And he's just going up to locals and being like, where's, where's Alexander's tomb? And they're like, who the is Alexander. Like, <laughs> you mean Alexandria? We live in Alexandria. And they're like, yes, it's named after this guy. And they're like, I have no clue who that is. I'm wow, just a guy who sells bread on the street. I don't know where this tomb is. What are you talking about? I don't know your friend Alexander. Get out of here. Yeah, I don't get out of here. You want to buy some bread? You don't want to buy bread? Hit the bread. I know buddy. bread. Jesus Christ. I don't know Alexander. I know bread. I know where the bread comes from. <laughs> Me. And since the 1800s, over 100 attempts have been made to identify the location of the tomb. And as recently as 2021, claims have been made on the final resting place of Alexander the Great. Because last year, Egyptian officials claimed to have located the tomb in Siwa, the original location Alexander wanted to be buried. So 
could he have made it there after all? I love this idea, MT. Like this mm -hmm. crazy idea that like he wishes to be buried there. He's like, he's dying. He's drunk as hell. He's dying. He's like, <laughs> make sure, come here, come here. Make sure they bury me in Siwa, okay? <laughs> and he dies, right? And so they, they wrap his body in gold. They're sending him there. And then like you said, like Ptolemy like takes the bodies. He's generally, he's like, no, we're not burying him there. We're not burying mm -hmm. him in the desert. We're going to put him in Memphis. You know, we're going to put him mm -hmm. in a real city. Uh, and then that's where history gets confused, right? But he, mm -hmm. I love the idea that he actually makes it there and that he's, and maybe Ptolemy like pretended like he stole the body so that people would leave him alone. Like maybe that's how much mm -hmm. he loved his like former general or his former leader, right? Yeah, there's all these claims about where the tomb could be, like it was supposedly in Alexandria. And then like, mm -hmm. there's all these stories that like, you know, cause Alexandria of course gets ransacked in the 1300s that like the church takes the body and thinks it's uh, a saint and they move it somewhere else. Or that like, they found all these other tombs in the areas of Macedonia that were maybe built for Alexander, but he never was put there, or they were built for like some of Alexander's big friends or high-ranking generals. But they're, yeah, they're still not sure where his body is. They've never been able to locate the final resting place of Alexander the Great, who's this very important person in history. And we have tracked so well. I mean, we know down to two days when he was born, which I think is crazy yeah. to know that. They're able to figure that much out. They're able to figure out when he died, but they just don't know where his body is. And I love that the, Moon Knight got into that and having Steven find the body and have it be like perfectly preserved, you know, Caligula and get his hands all over it or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Cleopatra's not stealing his gold, you know, it's there and, and, he, and he finds it, right? Uh, and I love this idea that in real life, it could be where he wanted it to be originally. That would be beautiful. Of course, they have not been able to verify that at all, uh, mm. but it's, a, it's like a fun idea to think about. That ties into it so beautifully. The idea that like, this is where I got my power. I was an avatar for Amit. I want to be buried right. with her. I want to be in her ancestral land. I want to be as close to her mm. as possible. So I love this idea for Marvel to explore that like, you know, this is where he was and this is, was his final resting place. And he was being mm. protected by these scary ass tomb guards who want to eviscerate <laughs> you while you're still alive. A little dark, <laughs> but a perfectly befitting Alexander the Great. But we got to ask the question here. Is Amit the real reason Alexander is known as Alexander the Great? Yeah, I think considering everything we know about the real history of Alexander the Great, if we pour all of that over to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think it's, it makes perfect sense that like right. Amit used Alexander as an avatar and he was mm. able to utilize her power to like take over the world before, the known world before he's 33 years old. Like he just, mm. He did it, man. He he got it done. It's in a, in the a very only short way amount of time to do it in your twenties. It's the only way right? because the twenties. <laughs> let me tell you, it's struggle city. He definitely wasn't paying college loans in his twenties. Let's let's just say that. No, um, he was he was pretty much murdering his cousins in his twenties. So <laughs> I think that you know it's very much implied in this episode that you know he's great because of this power and because he he had this avatar and like all of this conquest. And I, I really do believe that, especially after this conversation, that um you know a big reason why. Amit was um, take, put away was because Alexander was this huge killer. Yeah, she was and, um, She was using him to maybe take over the world and maybe get more power yeah. for herself. That and they really emphasized that he was the, the was it the voice of Amit? Or like the, right. the tongue of the Amit? Right, the voice of Amit, because uh, it was literally so, in his throat. <laughs> and so if this is Amit's desire, and he's almost speaking on behalf of Amit, who knows what he's mm. telling all these lands as he conquers them, you know? He's like, mm. you, gotta, you gotta worship Amit now. <laughs> But one tomb we do know the location of is the tomb of the moon god T-shirt. 
Oh, 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 grab yourself the Moon Knight latest obsession shirt from the new Rockstars merch.com store. It's called Tomb of the Moon God, and buying it not only directly supports us here at New Rockstars, which helps us out a lot and we appreciate it, but it also unlocks the ability to get a shout out in our weekly Inside Marvel show with me and Eric Voss, the man himself. So get it before it sells out at newrockstarsmerch.com because it's not going to last forever, people. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear nothing. Nothing out of your mouth when the shirt is gone. Like, MT, I want the DVD. I want the DVD. Listen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, my baby, but it's, it's gone. You, you took too you long. Were right? get, you were you warned. You were warned. Go get your Tomb of the Moon God shirt now because it's literally my favorite shirt that we've ever sold. So, yes. So, head up to, to newrockstarsmerch.com today. And before we dive into our bite sized questions next, some words from the people that help bring big question to you. People like Faraday. Woohoo! Spring can be a tough time to dress for because the weather changes so much day to day. Luckily, Faraday makes it way easier. They make the perfect clothes for all seasons. Faraday is a family-run brand making high-quality, timeless clothing with modern design and functionality. Their clothes have the kind of effortless style you want every time you go digging around in your closet. I myself just got some items from Faraday and I really like them. I got the Legend sweater shirt, which is so comfy and looks so nice. I can wear it casually. I can wear it dress-wise. I, I really like it. It feels great. And I also got some belt loop all-day shorts. Who doesn't love shorts? Shorts weather is coming. I got to show off these gams. You can't see them on the <laughs> internet because I won't allow it. <laughs> but I really do like their clothes and I can't wait to get more and add their clothes to my closet. Faraday is so confident in the quality of their stuff. They have a lifetime guarantee of quality. They'll replace mm. or fix your clothes forever, no matter what. Wow. And right now, Faraday is giving all Big Question audience members 20% off. 20% wow. off! Oh my Whoa! God! Oh my God! <laughs> Head to FaradayBrand.com slash BigQuestion and use code BigQuestion at checkout to snag 20% off all your new spring staples. That's code BigQuestion at Faraday. F-A-H-E-R-T-Y brand.com slash big question for 20% off. Again, FaradayBrand.com slash big question. Now, Brandon, it's time for our bite-sized questions. Oh, yum, 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 yum. Delicious. Just like a, a Dunkin' Donuts munchkin. Now, Brandon, mm. what would happen if animals were able to develop the X gene? And this is from Tyler Edwards on Discord. Thank you. We love all of our Discord family. Join our Discord today. Yes, yes. What would happen if those animals started mutating? Well, as it turns out, we do have some indication of exactly what would happen in this scenario. In the comics, there have been beings other than humans that have developed the X gene including mm -hmm. a lot of aliens, right? Like the Kree and Skrulls. Right. Uh, but that all tracks with the Eternals, Deviants theories that create mutants on every planet. So maybe that's right. not exactly what we're talking about here, right? That makes sense. Mm. Um, but what about an animal here on Earth getting the X gene? Well, there have mm. been alternate universes where the dominant life form on Earth wasn't apes. Uh, for example, mm. on Earth 1002, canines developed as the dominant life form. And as wow. such, I wish. we got the... We got the adorable Rex dogs, who are anthropomorphic dog versions. Hold on, I gotta see this. I gotta, you gotta see look these this pictures. up. They're led by Professor Rex. You gotta so be adorable. kidding me, bro. You so gotta cute. be kidding me. I, I love mean, this. <laughs> a team of good oh boys. A team of good boys. The Rex dogs, but they're so cute. Professor Rex is the funniest thing I've ever heard all day. I mean. <laughs> 
that was a good day at the Marvel offices when they're like, right. I got a great idea for a comic, guys. Um, <laughs> they should have canned the entire X-Men and just done this. Destroy every other universe, but the Re the Rex Dogs universe is the only one. Exactly. Protect the Rex Dog universe at all costs. <laughs> Uh, in the spirit of this question, MT, should we be counting hmm. multiverses? I mean, that's not really what hmm. Tyler's asking here, right? True. I mean, he's asking about here on Earth, what about an X gene, okay? There have right. also been cases of mutant animals being created by radioactive material, like they're called mutants, mm. but they're not, they're not developed by the X gene. For instance, Namor's cousin, I think, Bira, uh, he, he mm. takes this like radioactive oil and makes mutant crabs. Uh, that are like strong enough to hold Namor or whatever. But, and they're called mutant crabs, but they're not X-gene mutants. They're just like mutated crabs. There's also a I bunch of like with spiders. Crabs. It wasn't a good time. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Hey guys and gals, we just got through. We just got through spring break. I'm sure y'all had a lot of fun. But check yourself for mutant crabs. Right, seriously, mutant, mutant crabs. crabs. They'll get you uh, every time, man. I'm you protect your crotch today. Mutant crabs. <laughs> they'll get you. There's also been a lot of like mutant spiders uh, that have shown mm, up in like Spider-Man comics. But again, not mm -hmm. X gene, as far as I could tell, not X gene. Yeah. Another instance that's very interesting. There was the Nazi scientist Fritz von Meyer, also known as Swarm who discovered like these bees, like a unique hive of bees that acted unlike any other hive of bees. They were like super intelligent, very aggressive, very strong. And Jerry Seinfeld was in it. <laughs> it was Sorry. a bee movie. It was a bee movie for sure. So he's, ex he's experimenting with these bees and then something goes awry and they start attacking him. And he's like, his consciousness gets bonded with the swarm of bees and he becomes swarm. He's essentially the swarm of bees. And they're referred to as mutant bees, but I don't, I couldn't find out if they actually had the X gene as bees. Um, Cause again, there's been like other multiverses where like, where like, you know, the apes have developed the gene or like insects right. have developed it. But again, that's all multiverse stuff. Swarm was in the 616 and, he, mm. and these bees were unique bees, but I don't know if they were full stop X gene bees. But I do have a real example for you, MT. This is a long okay. way to a ham sandwich. But Here one of go. the strongest examples has got to come from an encounter that Beast had with a humanoid cat. In this story, Cerebro locates the presence of a mutant near death hiding in a barn near the X-Men compound one day. So Beast mm. goes to investigate and he finds this creature who attacks him. Uh, and Rude. the creature is like a, a humanoid cat, right? It looks like a human mm. that's kind of turned into a cat. It looks like the musical cats. It's <laughs> like the movie uh, Cats. <laughs> yeah, it's very frightening. Uh, so Beast fights back and he like injures the creature and he feels bad. Mm. So he takes it back to the compound so they can like help it out. So he's investigating it and he thinks he's a, it's a mutant that has like taken a mutation to become like a cat, right? Right, like because cat. like Beast himself but, is like a beast, a beast. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was experimenting and turned himself into a beast, but he was like, oh, this mm. is like me. This is something that yeah. I've gone through. But Jean Grey is there and she like checks out the mind and she's like, hold up a second. This ain't no human that turned into a cat. <laughs> This is a cat that's a mutant and has like turned into a human. It's like become a humanoid, but it, it's a fucking cat. It's just a cat. Uh, and Wild. the reason it's dying is because it's dying of old age because it's a cat and cats don't live as long, right? That is so sad. Isn't that sad? So Beast feels yeah. really bad about it. Uh, and like let's, they, they heal it up and they let it go. Uh, but it's going to die anyways because it's just old. And he lets it go run away and die in the woods in peace like a cat would normally do. Like a a lot of times if your house cat knows it's sick, it wants to get away and like go die in somewhere else, right? 
Uh, and Beast follows it and like buries it once it dies because he respects it and he feels a lot of, of like connection to it. But that, it's kind of fascinating. This was a cat that like mutated and kind of that became like bizarre. a human. So it is possible, it can happen. Um, there's also a very other minor mutant cat <laughs> in okay. Marvel Comics. I don't know why there's so many mutant cats. This involves like <laughs> Howard the Duck a little bit. Uh, there's oh. the boarding house. I know, already weird. Uh, so there's like the boarding house of mystery, and in it lives mm. this person named Splatter Gamora, uh, and he has a mutant cat that has three heads that can smoke cigarettes. That's all I know about it. Uh, <laughs> what kind of fraternity is this? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's labeled as a mutant, Jeez. but I don't I don't know if that one's an X gene full stop mutant either ways. But we mm. do know that there was a mutant cat. It happens, so watch out. If the mutants are coming to the MCU, we could get mutant cats, uh, and we could get Cats the Musical within the MCU, and it Yo, could be dangerous. I want a whole like weird cat team with Goose, um, this cat, um, Splatter Gamora's cat, uh, their Cerberus cat. <laughs> I, I want like a Morris weird in there cat too. team. Morris can yes. be on the team also. Yes, Morris too, why not? Not even a cat, but like, hey. He's just a faceless man. I really, I had no idea about that mutant cat story from the X-Men. Super yeah. sad, but also like so now this sad. sort of technically opens the door. Cause like now that anim- we know that animals can sort of mutate into humans. Like I would really love to see like more mutated humanoid animals, like heroes right. in the MCU. Like that'd be really fun. And I, and, I, and I do believe that, you know, this is sort of being implied with, you know, the existence of Rocket Raccoon in the MCU. Yeah. Cause like, we do know that Rocket was experimented on, and like I'm, fe- I'm thinking that the high evolutionary was uh, like uh, evolved Rocket Raccoon from a lower life form to a raccoon. Mm. So, and the high evolutionary himself had a race of animal humanoid people called the New Men, which were exactly mm. what you basically right. described yeah, yeah. with this cat. Um, and so, you know, we could very much see this scenario play out in Guardians Three, especially with the high evolutionary. So, thanks, Brenda. Mm. This was a really good. Uh, Good learning. Yeah, it was, it was um, a weird deep dive for sure. Brandon, another question for you. Could you explain okay. for me the similarities and differences between Plastic Man, the Elongated Man, and Mr. Fantastic Man? And this is from Satan Cull on Twitter. Thank you, Satan Cull. I cannot tell my Haitian mother <laughs> that I thanked you because she would be very upset. <laughs> yes, Satan. thank you, Satan. <laughs> well, thanks, Satan. So here we have like three very stretchy men, right? So what are yes. what are the similarities? What are the differences? Okay. Mm. Well, first the differences of how they were created, right? Elongated mm. man, he drinks this thing called a Gingold serum to get his powers. He was like mm. he was fascinated with contortionists and stuff, and he goes and mm. studies these contortionists and sees that they all drink this weird soda. So he like starts experimenting with the ingredient in the soda and he gets the Gingold serum. He becomes elongated mm. man. Then you have Mr. Fantastic, okay. who of course gets the cosmic rays that give him his abilities. And then you have Plastic Man, who is doused in some unknown chemicals, uh, and he also has a gunshot wound at the time. I am the law. So the chemicals like get into his bloodstream, and he becomes mm. Plastic Man. All three of them can stretch, right? Yes. Uh, all three of them are susceptible to like heat and extreme heat and extreme cold. But here are the main differences that really differentiate their powers. Elongated Man can only be elongated for a certain amount of time. He can't do it all mm. the time, full stop, right? And he has limits on how far he can stretch and what he can do. So he's, he's I mean, at the like bottom. just like regular man. men, am I right? Unless you have a blue Just shirt. like regular men. <laughs> <laughs> you can't stay elongated forever, Brandon. Oh boy, here we go. I was gonna make that joke, that's good. 
tell that to my <laughs> wife. I can't be elongated men all day. Come on. Um, <laughs> nice. And then, of course, you have Mr. Fantastic, right? Who's pretty mm. powerful. He can stretch very thin. He Stretchy can make nerd. some simple. Yeah, he can make some simple shapes and stuff like that. But then you mm. have Plastic Man. Plastic Man Diesel. is really, really diesel. He can yes. make all sorts of complicated shapes. He can make like machinery. He turned himself into mm -hmm. a cannon once. You know what I mean? He can make himself yes. a car. Uh, yes. And it's, he's also has survived like thousands of years. He was shattered into pieces. He survived and was able to put himself back together over thousands of years. Batman even once said that he thinks Plastic Man is the most powerful person in the DC universe just because yes. of how powerful he is. <laughs> so those are the main differences, right? Like Mr. Fantastic mm -hmm. can't make complicated machinery and stuff out of himself. He's very smart. Yes, he's much very smarter smart. than Plastic Man. But if we're going by stretch power, like Plastic Man is way above Mr. Fantastic, who's way, way above, above Elongated Man. So mm. watch out for Plastic Man. He's a sleeper hit Yo. out there. I tell everyone, like Plastic Man is so underrated in the DC universe because he's so powerful. Like, like you said, Batman mm -hmm. regards Plastic Man as one of the most powerful people in the DC universe. Although Rubber Band Man from Static Shock, who knows? I think uh, he knows? may come in for the crowd. Just kidding. Shout out to Rubber Band Man, uh, Static Shock. Let's go. Shout out to Static Shock gang. Um, but anyway, <laughs> it's time for our Box of scraps, Brandon. Oh, the box, box of scraps. Oh, box of Built scraps. in a cave with a box of scraps. It was a box of useless shit. Brandon, what personal achievement would contribute to your legacy of greatness? Because we're talking about Alexander mm. the Great. So what would make you Brandon the Great? Other than, you know, just being Brandon and being great every day because that's what you oh, are. I mean, that's Love so Brandon. sweet of you, MT. <laughs> MT, what would make you MT the Great? I think for me, I mean, obviously, a lot of people know that like I'm obsessed with finding uh, this Guardians of the Galaxy one Easter egg, and I have been looking for this egg mm -hmm. publicly, like uh, on like YouTube and stuff, for um, years um, since 2016. And uh, I met James Gunn because of it, and like he's he was really cool, and like we we got to hang out because of that. So like finding that egg is like my life's work. I want to find it because like I want to make like a piece of nerd history. That's my main goal. That's the only thing I want ah, is okay. to to be part of that, um, to be like a black Parzival from <laughs> from <laughs> from Ready Player One. But what about you, Brandon? I believe in you, MT, and you will do Hooray! it. And I will visit your tomb one day and steal gold from it, I promise. Please do. Um, Only Brandon's allowed to steal my the gold from my tomb, by the way. Only Brandon. My personal legacy of greatness, I think it definitely will get started uh, with my ability to make the perfect bowl of grits. Now, you might be saying to yourself, oh, Brandon, oh, grits. <laughs> grits, grits are easy to make. And I say no. I say no unto you. They are difficult mm. to make, and I make the best bowl of grits. You don't believe mm. me? Invite me over for breakfast and I'll make you some grits that'll blow your mind. It's not mm. easy to do. I think this is I just Brandon's it. secret point again. <laughs> Get you to invite him to breakfast. <laughs> Please, someone invite me for breakfast. Someone invite me for the love of God. <laughs> New Rockstars has breakfasts every day. We just don't invite Brandon. <laughs> That'd be so sad. Me. 
We just never invite Brandon to our new Rockstars breakfasts. No, you would be there. You would be making us grits. But that is it for this episode of Big Question. Thank you guys for joining us. And thank you to Brandon for joining me this episode as always. Follow him at Grin and Barrick. And you can follow me at Mastertainment if you want to see me tweet some really weird shit. Follow New Rockstars wherever we are on the internet, especially here on YouTube and on all your social media platforms. And if you want to continue the conversation, join the New Rockstars Discord. And if you're over 18 and interested, just click the link in the description below. And again, thank you guys so much for watching. We love you so much. We appreciate the time that you spend with us. And we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.